Welcome to Crime and Reason on Talk Zone, bringing you the backstory in high-profile crimes that television leaves out. Now, here are the hosts of Crime and Reason, John Kelly and Leo Badenhausen. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to another edition of uh, Crime and Reason on Talk Zone. Glad to have you here tonight. My name is Leo Battenhausen. Good evening, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. I'm John Kelly. We're uh, thrilled to be here and thrilled to have you. We are. Now, John, I'll tell you, these two cases we're going to cover tonight, I think America in general is getting really, really frustrated and angry over these types of things, and they're becoming the norm in our country when we're seeing these random shootings by these young men, uh, be them either uh, Al-Qaeda attached, is ISIS attached, uh, Islamic attached, or just, you know, sick and mad attached. You know, these video games going live here are frustrating many, many, many Americans, and we're not getting any answers here. Um, from uh, the powers that be as to what's going on and what we're going to do about that. But I know you um, you did some research on this. The James Home verdict verdict in um, Colorado last week. The James Home, how many people did he kill in the theater, John? Uh, this is this is really uh, off the wall. His name's James Egan Holmes. Mm. Killed 12 people in the theater along with wounding 70 others. So you got 82 casualties because this guy was pissed off. That's the way I'm looking at him. That's the way I'm looking at him. And we should, but uh, I think you're right. But um, I want want to let the listeners know, I think if you don't know already, this man was found guilty on all counts by a jury of 12, nine women and uh, three men. Thank the good Lord for that. So... Yeah, what? What's his excuse now? The defense said he was a crazy, right? This is the old grab it out of the back pocket insanity defense here to keep oh, him yeah. from getting the death penalty. Is that what we're looking at? For sure, Leo. For well, sure, he pleaded not guilty by reason of insanity. He's 28 years old, and uh, this is the guy that uh, you know attacked all the people in Aurora, Colorado, in the movie right. theater. You know, and I got to tell you, from looking at this case inside out and upside down, I mean, this guy may have had some mental health issues, but certainly knew exactly what he was doing. I mean, just reading this over, I mean, there was premeditation here all the way around. Now, they can turn around and they can say insanity and they can talk about schizophrenia and paranoid schizophrenia and everything else. And... uh you know, the bottom line is that this guy was convicted of 24 counts of first-degree murder. How they came up with 24, I don't know. 140 counts of attempted first-degree murder. Well, they doubled every account. Didn't they double every count? That's what they reason? must have done. Yeah, yeah that's, I that's don't how know. they came up with 24. Yeah. That's how they came up with 24. I guess they, they have the law in the books up there in Colorado. They got it right. Yeah, I don't know how I'm they sure did that. They but do uh, that. Good for them, yeah. Doubles yeah. his sentence, I guess, or doubles the electronic volts he'll get in his head. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, it's it's just it's just crazy. One count of possessing explosives, and a sentence enhancement of a crime of violence. That's that's where that comes from. They can enhance the sentence for a crime of violence. 
Wow, I like that law. That's that's very good. We should all have that. Every state. Leo, when they talk about, you know, this guy and, uh, you know, paranoid schizophrenia and, uh, you know, this temporary insanity and all this and that, you have worked with some pretty, pretty tough, complicated mental health uh, patients throughout your career. Yep. And you've seen people that are that suffer from paranoid schizophrenia or who are delusional. Have you ever heard or seen of, a, of anyone or ever heard a story of anyone planning and acting out like this? John, no. Honest to God, I've, I've done, I've been doing this work for about 20, 25 years. I worked at the, at the state hospital here in New Jersey that housed the quote unquote criminally insane. These were the schizophrenics, truly psychotic, uh, individuals who were, you know, some of them were guilty of, uh, were not found not guilty of murder by insanity. They're truly insane, but their crimes would, were never Ever, ever anything like this or like these types of crimes we're seeing today. Normally, they'd focus on a family member, one person, or one person only you know, in the community that they ran into and, you know, they, they freaked out or they thought it was Satan or they thought it was the FBI. I've never, in 25 years of my experience with every single schizophrenic I've worked with, criminal or not, ever seen the ability to calculate and premeditate and and execute such an act of violence like this. It just doesn't happen. And this jury got that right because any lawyer that tries to bamboozle a jury with with saying this guy was out of his mind and not capable of knowing what he was doing is 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 full of it. And this jury finally got it because I've never seen it. To answer your question, no. <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah. I I mean this guy tried to lay it on pretty thick okay yeah. and 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 he started off um where he says nobody else backed this up he said that he attempted suicide at 11 years old you know well obviously he didn't get that right then he said he suffered from mental health problems in middle middle school according to holmes during his childhood, he was frightened by what he called nail ghosts. That's nail, as in hammer and nail, ghosts, like a haunting ghost. That would hammer, these nail ghosts would hammer on the wall during the night. He would also see flickers and shadows out of the corner of his eyes. He said from age 14, he was depressed and obsessed with murder. Now, now, first of all, what we're looking at here is some young boy who's seen the boogeyman, yeah. okay, <laughs> or thinking he's seen the boogeyman. Now, all kids have seen the boogeyman or thought they saw the boogeyman, okay? All kids have nightmares, okay, to a certain extent, mm -hmm. right? So, you know, this isn't carrying any water for me whatsoever, especially at this age, because when you see where this guy went from middle school and from age 14 
when he says he was depressed, you're going to say to yourself, how in the name of God could anybody accomplish what this guy accomplished if he had all these mental health problems starting at 11 to 14? Right. And you can't. You can't put the, 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 the matchup is not there. You know, and granted, John, this, this guy may be sick, and he is sick. I mean, there's nobody mentally well would do what he did. Exactly. At that straight. However, it's, this, to call it, that, to say he didn't realize what he was doing or had no control over what he did, that's where the disconnect is. You can be sick as the day is long, but evil sick, mm. not psychotic. So I don't even know if what he's saying was even true about these nail goats. We don't know. We don't know what this guy's about. I mean, he's just, just really, um, creepy guy to say the least. And, um, so these are what the doctors are saying. And of course, and you know, that's the other thing that the defense brought in two expert witnesses. Now, John, I think you and I both have shared experience with expert witness things and we don't do them anymore for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, I'm, I've turned them down myself because you're really handed what they want you to say. And, you know, professionally and ethically, we are not going to do that. Um, exactly. So, these, I mean, and that's the game, folks. And they're hired guns. How come every time the state brings in their psychiatrists, it's the truth, in my opinion, you know, and these hired guns come in and get, get paid, you know, three fifty, three $350 to $500 an hour to say what the defense wants them to say. But I don't know what this guy did as a kid. But we know we're looking at what he did now and I'm I'm sure he was another, you know, consumer of, of video violence games and things of this nature. And as you usually say, he had a big old mad on and was disappointed by somebody or something in life that he wasn't getting his. So he's gonna become famous and go knock out a, a room full of people. Sick. No one, yeah. To what end? Yeah, he he graduated in the in with honors all over the place from high school. Did he? I didn't yeah. know that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Then he went on to the University of Illinois, and he had a great point average of three point nine four nine. Wow. <laughs> wow, a smart killer. Okay, Mm -hmm. he was in the top 1% of his class when he graduated. They turn around, they send letters to another college, a college in California. And in these letters, they describe Holmes as a very effective group leader and a person who takes on an active role in his education and brings a great amount of intellectual maturity into the classroom. Now, here's a guy that starts off with all these mental health problems doing 11 and 14, and now he's literally at the top of the class. He's at the head of the class. Okay? Yeah. So, I mean, come on. I mean, right. uh, This doesn't add up, right, exactly what you're saying. It doesn't just happen like that. You know, overnight, this guy had a brain. He was doing good things, obviously. He was achieving. So where, where was all the, the, where were the ghost nails now? You know, yeah. the, the flickers of whatever, the flickers of light in the corner. I mean, apparently that, uh, was resolved because he was doing very well in college, getting yeah. uh, good letters and grades and, 
it, you know, this just doesn't add up. Again, you know, you have to look, look past what the defense will present in these cases. Did they talk about that? Yeah, well, I, I, they didn't talk about it, certainly, yeah. but I'm sure the prose- prosecution, I'm sure, landed on it because, uh, you know, this is, uh, you know, a journalist that put all this out there. So, uh, you know, I'm sure the prosecution was privy to it, and that's what really turned people's heads. You know, even though the crime itself looked completely insane, and it was completely insane. Okay, the bottom line is the prosecution was able to show that there was premeditation and that this was a very, very, very organized killer. Right. Let's talk about what he did because, you know, the jury's jet, the, the verdict, um, rejected arguments from the defense. It said he had a psychotic break and was legally insane when he, when he committed these crimes, but, this guy sabotaged his room, right? So, because he knew they were going to come after him at, at some point and go. He booby trapped it with explosives. Right. He booby trapped his apartment with all kinds of explosives. Didn't and didn't you say he used smoke bombs or something? So the oh cop, yeah, yeah yeah he was armed with smoke bombs to help him get away. Well, you know, he here's, planned that. Here's the intelligence this guy had. Well, I'll give him that. You know, this is like a, a movie. You know, that's not insanity, John. You know it and I know it. And this is what I hope people understand. You know, when you can carry out such calculated crimes, you have complete understanding of what you're doing. Yeah, this was, this was a complete, rageful, hateful act committed at society in general. Now, let me tell you what I know about mass murderers. And he fits into the mass murder category. Okay? Okay. These are usually guys that have a bone to pick with wherever they're carrying out the mass murder, whether it be a McDonald's, whether it be a post office, whether it be a factory. Usually it has something to do with their lives and has something to do with you know, uh, where they're working or, or, or at a facility or business that they feel has wronged them. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now we can exclude terrorists from that list because that's a whole other thing. That's a, that's a whole other kind of mass murder. Okay. That's somebody who's more or less a, you know, uh, got a cause that they're, they're out there killing for. This guy is killing just to kill. And this is complete anti-social murderous rage against whoever. This guy was able to pick a theater. Now, this is part of his planning. Pick a theater where he could go in, make sure the doors were locked. People would not have easy access to the exits. So he's obviously at this theater before. Mm-hmm. He opens up yeah. on them, lets them have it, and then... You know, he he kills 12, wounds 70, and then starts to exit the theater. And, uh, you know, everything is pre-planned. The point I'm trying to make is this guy just wanted to hurt people. This guy just wanted to kill people. Sure, I think there's, you know, a lot of pathological narcissism that's being shown here. There has to because, be. Yeah. Because he wants to 
go down in infamy for one reason or another. But mm-hmm. the bottom line, the bottom line is, what the heck did he have against this theater or these people? He had nothing. He just wanted to kill. He wanted to hurt somebody. And yeah. he wanted to hurt as many people as he could. He wanted to hurt the cops. I mean, man, this, yeah. this guy, you know, you talk about vol- volcanic rage. I think this guy's picture should be in the dictionary under volcanic rage. I mean, he's a poster child. He, he really is. And you got to, you know, think about this. People going out with their kids or whatever. It's, I think it actually was the, a Batman movie. Then there was rumors that he dressed like the Joker. Yeah, yeah, I can't confirm <clears throat> that. I've heard that. Yeah, I think it was one of the premieres of one of the Batman movies. So, you know, p- parents bringing their kids out or you're out on a date or you're just out at the movies. You know, this is America. You, you got to worry about some psychopathic narcissist killer coming in and blowing you away when you just want to spend the night at the movie. Well, I mean, what is coming to this world? And this is what scares people and, and because he wanted to kill. This is what he, his motive was, just to kill and hurt people. Yeah, and that's it, all. That, that, as far as I'm concerned, that's all it was about. He, you know, just had this rage against society and blamed society for all his personal ills. And we'll get into that. You know, in 2008, 2008, this guy worked as a camp counselor and was responsible for 10 children. That's frightening. He did not have any disciplinary problems while there. So, again, you're you're talking about somebody supposedly mentally ill? Right. Again, it doesn't just happen overnight. He would have a long history, especially if if you're insane, truly – uh, psychotic insanity, he'd have a long line of hospitalizations and records of medications and this, that, and the other thing. And then I think some, some doctor said he was a danger. We got to get into this. We have a break coming up, but I know yeah. what we, I want to talk about this, uh, the doctor he saw. I think you and I were talking about this. You found it that uh, said he was a, a danger to society at some point. So, you know, why was that let go? And we got to get into this stuff in a couple minutes, but. That is true, isn't it? That's yes, true. indeed, it is true. I mean, she did the right thing. She reported him to the university police. But guess what? He split. He left the university because uh, he started uh, bombing tests, failing tests, and he knew he was going to uh, you know, be put out of the doctorate program. So uh, off he went. And I think that was uh, also you know, there, another fuse that was lit in this Yeah. Guy. That might have been one of the catalysts to this yeah, uh, yeah, explosion. Yeah. I yeah. guess you're right. But he knew about this doctor's report. Is that what happened? Well, she probably have t- would have told him. Um, but I, I, I don't know if he knew for sure. Okay. However, in the end, he did send her some kind of journal. And we haven't seen that journal yet. But he did send her a journal. And he sent this right before he massacred all these people in the theater. And in that journal, I think he was probably just writing away and showing, uh, you know, that he was uh, building up to, as you mentioned, a, a, a massive murder explosion, if you will. Mm-hmm. Well, let's hold that thought because we got to take a short break. This is Crime and Reason, folks. Stick around. We'll be right back.
We are raising a generation of techno-savvy and social media-obsessed kids. There's a lack of real human connection and concern for our fellow man. Social side, how America is loving itself to death by licensed clinical social worker Leo J. Battenhausen explores the new generation of young people and how they are turning into godless people with narcissistic and psychopathic tendencies. Americans have become so obsessed with themselves that their country's once great bedrock of dignity and respect is crumbling from underneath us right before our eyes. Isn't it time that we regained our confidence in spirituality and the existence of a higher power? This and so much more is explored in the book Social Side, How America is Loving Itself to Death by licensed clinical social worker Leo J. Battenhausen. Social Side is available on Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, FaithBooksAndMore.com, and SocialSideInfo.com. Social Side, How America is Loving Itself to Death by Leo J. Battenhausen. By the year 2020, depression will be the world's second highest diagnosed medical condition in the world following heart disease. Millions of people are suffering with depression and sadness. People ask, is depression treatable? What's causing this epidemic and what can we do about it? Psychotherapist Leo J. Battenhausen's book, Defeating Depression, The Calm and Sense Way to Find Happiness and Satisfaction, has helped thousands of people reclaim their lives. He's a licensed clinical social worker and clinical alcohol and drug counsellor. Leo J. Battenhausen shows people how to identify, address and overcome common misconceptions about life that cause many to live in misery. The book that has a five-star rating on Amazon.com is filled with priceless information to quickly bring the reader into a brighter frame of mind and assist in enjoying life to its fullest. Defeating Depression, the common sense way to find happiness and satisfaction by Leo J. Battenhausen. Available at select bookstores, Amazon.com or BarnesandNoble.com. It will change your life. Now, back to John and Leo for more Crime and Reason on TalkZone.com. We're back for round two of Crime and Reason, folks. Welcome back. We're discussing the James Holmes verdict in Colorado. Guilty on all charges. <coughs> uh, we're discussing um, where this explosion of rage came from, where he killed 12 people and wounded 70 others. We are just discussing a, a, a doctor that saw him while he was in college and found him unfit or unsafe for society. And he sent her a letter before this explosion of rampage and rage. Correct, John? Yeah, he not only sent her a letter, he sent her his journal, I guess, on, uh, you know, his thoughts and what his future uh, actions were going to be. I think we'll hear more about that after he gets sentenced. He's been found guilty now, and we're headed towards the sentencing phase, as you mentioned, Leo, earlier mm-hmm. today. So I think after we get the sentencing, then we'll get more about that journal, and maybe not. Maybe that is... Um, you know, protected information. I don't but, know. I don't I, know either, I, but that... I don't know. That intrigues me that he sent her that. That tells me he had a grudge against her before before he sent uh, himself into this rage. He wanted her to know something. Yeah, I'll show blame you. everybody. Well, yeah, that's it. Well, that's what narcissists and psychopaths do. They blame everybody else. And yeah. I don't know what was what was this guy's... 
what was his problem that was bothering him that pushed him to this? You know, there's, who did him so wrong? I mean, I think this, this doctor certainly had something to do with it. If she was able to keep him from going further in his studies, correct? There was some issue with that. The school wouldn't move him forward because well, he was what happened, dangerous. What happened, he ended up in this doctorate program and, uh, you know, it didn't work out for him. I mean, he failed a couple of major tests, one of them being a very critical uh, verbal exam, oral exam. And uh, he was on his way out of this doctorate program, and he knew it. He knew it. Um, you know, but getting back to the doctor, I don't want to lose track of her. Holmes supposedly met with three mental health workers at the college prior to the massacre. Now, you know how that goes. Yeah, you know, know you start off, somebody will see you, they'll do an intake on you. Then maybe, you know, they'll, you'll be, you'll have an appointment with a primary counselor. At that point, that primary counselor feels you need to be, you need a psychiatric evaluation, and you may need an, a med evaluation, right? So then they'll move you on to a psychiatrist. But nine times out of ten, John, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but yeah, yeah. sometimes those college mental health workers are are um, paraprofessionals. They're in training. Yeah. You know, you got inter- <laughs> Honestly, that's who's doing some of these things yeah. in most colleges. They're interns. So just make a note of that. Okay. I don't know what they knew or didn't know, but anyway. Okay, so they were probably telling us to get a psych, ev- psych eval and a med eval. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm glad you mentioned that about, uh, about some of these uh, mental health professionals on college campuses because I have not really heard a lot of good things about them. No, well, they're like, they're in training. So, you know, I mean, you can't rely on that anyway. But one of Holmes, uh, so Holmes goes off to see the psychiatrist, uh, and she, found him to be a danger to others. She didn't say to himself. Now, notice he didn't commit suicide either. Like True. most mass murderers do, they will commit suicide. They'll take themselves while they're killing everybody else. In the end, they'll kill themselves. But anyway, um, she felt he could be a danger to others at the university. So she turns around and she reports it to the campus police uh, again a month uh, you know, before the shootings. And she said that he had mental problems and, oh, I'm sorry, also did make suicidal threats. So he mm. could be a danger to others. He could be a danger to himself. Two weeks before the shootings, Holmes asked <coughs> another student, a fellow student, if he ever heard of dysphoric mania. Okay. Uh huh. <laughs> it's okay. The student replies, "No, I've never heard of it. What does it mean?" Holmes replies, "Stay away from me. I'm bad news." Really? You know, and 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 he was really something that was interesting in this guy. You mentioned video games, and again, you know, this all can be related. You know, um, you know, and, and going back to your book, Social Side, but he was really into superheroes and loved Batman, 
loved Batman so much that he's going to show up at the premiere of the Batman show at the theater and kill everybody. Now, there's a real fan for you, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Competing with Batman, huh? Yeah. I'll go to get more because it was the premiere of Batman. Oh, my. Unbelievable. Yeah. A 28-year-old man. Mm -hmm. Unbelievable, right? Yeah. But him turning around and saying to this other student, Hey, dude, I'm bad news. You better stay away from me. See, that's like a real narcissistic statement. Absolutely, it is. You see, so that's another sign. Like like, hey, more, man, don't mess with me. I'm bad. I'm tough. I'm telling you right now. Well, what the heck did you call me for? Right. Well, it seems like war. He called, he, the, he called the guy up. The way he called him up, asked him a question, and then gave him the answer and told him he was a bad dude. <laughs> he he wore that the diagnosis like a badge, I guess. You know, and that's what it sounds like. How narcissistic. Uh, John, that is the most remote diagnosis I've ever heard of. You know, and you rarely ever, ever, ever hear that in the professional world of, of psychology and counseling. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's hardly ever uh, talked about. But dysphoric mania is actually an agitated depression that features agitation, anxiety, fatigue. Didn't look like this guy was fatigued. Guilt. No. Didn't look like too much no, guilt. No, no much guilt there. No. Impulsiveness, irritability, morbid or suicidal ideations, but it doesn't say homicidal ideations, okay? Mm -hmm. Panic or paranoia. Well, I got news for you. Most of the people up there, out, out there that suffer from dysphoric mania or from depression or from anxiety or from guilt or from impulsiveness or from irritability right. or have various types of thoughts and may have some paranoia and maybe a panic disorder. I got to tell you something. They don't go out murdering t 12 people and wounded no. 70 others. Exactly. This is all smoke and glass. This of is smokescreen here. Yeah, right. I don't, you know, and I've, depression is one of my specialties and you're absolutely right. This just doesn't happen to anybody that's depressed. And if, if this, uh, dysphoric mania is an offshoot of depression, you're right. There's, I'm probably have dealt with that at, at some level. People probably come and go out of those, those episodes, but they're not out killing people. No, they might be impulsively buying things or using substances or, you know, that's kind of spending money, but they're not killing people. Exactly, Leo. And you know yeah. what? The bottom line is an agitated depression. How yeah. many people have we seen in our careers who are depressed and agitated? <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, not one of them. No. You know, in our, our 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 fifty years of being in the field, you know, have gone out and murdered a, a bunch of people. You know, so right. I, I mean, I, I I think I think they were really reaching for straws here. Well, they were. Um, you know, this was the longest case in Colorado history. Oh, sure. Yeah, but the, this jury, I think, finally. Society is starting to understand mental illness, and that's a very good sign because the, an educated jury is an effective jury. Yeah. They will get it right, and they, they got it right in Boston. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Boston. Educated Boston. jury is a, is a just jury, yeah. Of course, you know, and then they pick these people out. They look for people the defense does anyway that that have absolutely no clue in their mind 
of what mental illness is and what it is not. And here we have, you know, yeah, a really sick guy, evil sick, but not psychotic sick. And they saw through the smoking glass like you just mentioned. And yeah, then they turn around, the cops arrest them, you know, after the uh, massacre. Again, keep in mind, he had enough sense not to kill himself. He was calm. Where's his agitated depression now? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They, well, they, the cops talked about how calm he was. Hey, handcuffs cure a lot of things, John. You know. Yeah, I'm crazy. Handcuffs, handcuffs are a cure. Yeah, that'll that'll wake you up quick, I guess. And he told police there was a bomb that was booby trapped in his apartment. I guess he wanted to be a nice guy and tell the police now that he was captured that they better not go over to his apartment and just walk in because they'll get blown up. <laughs> I mean, that, that was considerate of him, yeah. Yeah, but, that's a very consideration. Yeah, psychotic you know. people wouldn't be thinking as far as along those lines. But uh, <laughs> I'm just glad this 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 monster is locked up. And I just I want to know more about you know what he did in his in his private time, if drugs were involved or where his father was and. This sort of thing. I don't know if we know much about his family. No, they're not talking about that yet. I'm sure that's going to come out, too, when they go into the penalty phase, especially if he gets a death penalty. Then you're going to hear, you know, everything, you know. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll take it. I can take you back, though. I can take you back to the fall of 2010, where he was working at a pill plant, and his supervisor said he became unresponsive and stared at the wall and only smirked. Probably, you know, the guy told him to do something, and he didn't like it and talked to himself. Yeah. That was narcissism. <laughs> Who the hell are you to tell me to do anything? Don't Probably, you know, yeah. You know, his supervisor said he was acting strangely. <laughs> well, what kind, of, the, what kind of pills was he making? <laughs> Yeah, that's a good question. You could have you been know, what was he could have been part of the problem. I'm not, I don't know. Yeah. In twenty in twenty eleven, <coughs> Holmes enrolls in the PhD program in neuroscience at the University of Colorado. So here he comes. You know, hello, University of Colorado, here I am. He received a twenty one thousand six hundred dollar grant. From the National Institutes of Health. And this is how smart this guy is. Okay? Mm-hmm. Now, you and I both know that if you're mentally ill at 14, 15, and mental illness, usually in these types of cases where they're claiming, you know, this, uh, you know, uh, psychotic, uh, schizophrenic, paranoid schizophrenic kind of, uh, behavior, I mean, it starts to manifest itself, you know, right in your teens into your early 20s. Right. But this guy's got the brains. He knew enough to apply for and get $21,600 grant from the Institutes of Health. In 2012, Holmes' academic performance declined, and he scored poorly on his spring exam. And then again, that's when he failed an oral exam and he dropped out of the college without mm-hmm. explanation. Well, 
I think he ran out of the college because by this time this psychiatrist had reported him to the college police. So this guy figures, you know, let me get out of here. Let me get out of Dodge while I can, you know? Right. And I would attribute that to something else going on with him, not a psychosis, so to speak, but a plan of some sort. He was getting angry about something. Oh, wait, I've got some good stuff for you there. First of all, I think he's angry because, you know, he wasn't up to par. He wasn't up to snuff. The the brainiac that he thought he was, that his narcissism was telling him that he was, guess what? When he got into this Ph.D. program, right, that brainiac didn't show up. He started bombing tests. He, he, he never faced this kind of... Uh, these kinds of exams or testing and especially oral testing, you know, and verbal testing. Right, right. For, you know, in front of somebody can be, uh, can be a pretty hard exam. Oh, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. For he, anybody. For anybody. But he, he, so, you know, he starts failing out. But before he starts failing out, you know, in 2011, he started dating another student. Here we go. Her name was Gorgi, G-O-R-G-I, or Georgie. Gorgi or Georgie? Data, D-A-T-T-A. She broke off the relationship with him after he started making jokes about killing people. Okay? Uh So it was funny to him to talk about killing people. It was humorous. He got he, he he would inject it into humor. Then she resumed the relationship. She kicked him to the curb, but then she went back and rekindled it with him again in 2012. I'm sorry, in 2012. They started in 2011. She left him. She rekindles it again in 2012. I just want to get this right for the audience. But it ended in February that year. She again uh-huh. broke it off with them. So now you're looking at a guy who can't have a relationship. He's mad over that. Mm-hmm. He's very interested yep. in this girl. He's very hurt. He's very angry. The relationship broke up. Now he's bombing out of college. It's not working. His anger is just building. And building, and this anger and has sense. probably been building since childhood, and nobody really ever got him into treatment early on when he could have used it. But I gotta believe that this guy was a powder keg walking around, okay? And and all this anger, and the, these straws, the the loss of the relationship, and you know, uh, feeling out of college. I think yep. they were the straws that broke the camel's back, and this guy blamed it all on society. He wanted to hurt society. He didn't care. John Q. Public, wherever you are, this is who I want to hurt. I don't care who you are. I don't care what color you are. Mm-hmm. I don't care what religion you are. I don't care at all. Anything, all I know is you are society. You're a member of society, and it must be society that's done this to me because right, I'm right. not to blame. See, there's the narcissist. Absolutely, yes. There's the narcissist right there. That angry, angry narcissist that's got to do something to show his true colors. 
Frightening stuff, John. Yeah, and, and at the college, uh, you know, he was described as being stubborn, uncommitted, and socially inept. Now, how many times have we heard this? You know what another word is for socially inept? A loner. A loner. And how many of these guys are loners before they act out? Most, if not all. I mean, we know that. We see that we see this personality now more and more, and they're all fitting the same criteria. The loner is one of them. The narcissist is another. That wanting to be somebody and blaming society is another one. And here we have a perfect example of the same. Did you see how well planned, you know, his plan was with this theater? I can't get over this. And the jury must have had a laugh about this when they were trying to, you know, bring up an insanity defense. Like I said, he picked a theater with doors that he could lock. Yeah. And it was an area, but it was also in an area. Don't forget, if people can't get out, he can have more casualties. He can kill more people, right? So that's what he focused on, right? It was in an area where police response would take longer, so he picked out his kill zone before time. Mm -hmm. So the place of the murders and and the kill zone or the kill area was uh, chosen before time, so it chose premeditation, right? Mm -hmm. He chose to attack at midnight. When there was the premiere, he figured he'd get, you know, more people in there. Right, of course. But some people are saying that, you know, he really didn't want to kill children and he felt that children wouldn't be there at midnight. I have, oh, I, I'm boy. not, I'm not sure about that because some kids would, as a treat, would be going to that show to see Batman. You know, uh, be, yeah, I won't buy that either. Well, listen, we got to take a real quick break again, John. Okay. Some fascinating information. We'll be right back, folks. This is Crime and Reason. Stick around. Extra Healthcare Services was founded in 1991 by Executive Director John Kelly. Our outpatient drug and alcohol counseling centers provide an individualized approach to treatment with a strong emphasis on building self-esteem in our clients and helping empower them to take effective control of their lives. Our program has had an extremely high success rate because our board-certified and licensed counselors and psychologists design a program just for you or your family member to help deal with alcohol and drug abuse. We specialize in addictive illness in both adults and adolescents. Our entire team is committed to helping you or a family member become healthy. Our alcohol and drug abuse counseling centers are located in Middlesex, Monmouth, and Union Counties with both day and evening appointments available. Call 732-721-3835 or email us at info at extracarehealth.com. That's 732-721-3835 or info at extracarehealth.com. By the year 2020, depression will be the world's second highest diagnosed medical condition in the world following heart disease. Millions of people are suffering with depression and sadness. People ask, is depression treatable? What's causing this epidemic and what can we do about it? Psychotherapist Leo J. Battenhausen's book, Defeating Depression, The Calm and Sense Way to Find Happiness and Satisfaction, has helped thousands of people reclaim their lives. He's a licensed clinical social worker and clinical alcohol and drug counsellor. 
Leo J. Badenhausen shows people how to identify, address and overcome common misconceptions about life that cause many to live in misery. The book that has a five-star rating on Amazon.com is filled with priceless information to quickly bring the reader into a brighter frame of mind and assist in enjoying life to its fullest. Defeating Depression, The Common Sense Way to Find Happiness and Satisfaction by Leo J. Battenhausen. Available at select bookstores, Amazon.com or BarnesandNoble.com. It will change your life. Welcome back to Crime and Reason on TalkZone.com. Here are your hosts, John Kelly and Leo Battenhausen. Thanks for staying tuned in, folks. I'm here, John Kelly, with my colleague, Leo Battenhausen, uh, my partner in crime, and, of course, my partner in reason, crime and reason. We try. We try. Leo, let me tell you now. I told you about him him choosing the theater. I'm sorry. Okay? Him focusing on the theater at midnight. Right, and it being in an area where it would take longer for police to respond, so he had that figured out. This guy's no dumbbell. No, he's not. Not at all. Not not at all. He's got some real smarts here. He also looked at other places. He confessed for mass murder, such as an airport, but decided against it because there would be too much security. (laughs) <laughs> Again, try and sell an insanity defense to I the mean, jury after they hear this, right? I'm telling you. Yeah. It, yeah. Okay. Now, he has no prior convictions and he has no prior mental health that anybody can check on. So he goes off and he purchases two Glock handguns, a shotguns, a semi-automatic rifle. He purchases 3,000 rounds of ammo. He purchased a black assault vest, urban assault vest. Mm -hmm. Now, here's a guy that has this assault vest because he wants to protect himself in case anybody (laughs) shoots at him. Well, yeah, right? You got to be careful out there while you're killing people. Yeah, one of them might have a gun. Yeah, maybe. You got to be safe. You know, you got to take care of yourself. You know, that also can lend itself to the reason why he didn't commit suicide. Okay? Yeah. So he has this black urban assault vest. All this stuff costs money, too. But I guess he kept some of the money he got from, you know, some of his benefactors and some of the grants that he received. He probably had some money in the bank because he, he bolted out of college. Now, who knows how much the college really got out of the taxpayer grant money and how much taxpayer grant money he kept and ended up in his bank account to buy all these guns and all this ammo and all these vests to go and shoot these people. Yeah, sure. He buys two magazine holders and a knife. Now, I told you about the smoke bombs to help him make good his getaway. He then turns around and purchases spike strips what are spike strips? Do you ever see when the cops are chasing somebody and somebody's trying to... Oh, yeah, them? yeah, like the flattened tires? Yeah, they'll lay, oh. the, they'll lay the, the strips down to flatten the person's you tires. You can buy because, these things? Yeah, he found a place to buy them. Oh, my gosh, really? Yeah. 
Yeah, pretty, That's pretty, cool. uh, pretty psychotic guy, huh? I mean, you've, uh, that's a whole other show sure. that you can buy this stuff. I mean, are you kidding? How do you, he's a pretty smart guy. Sure. I wouldn't know where you go to buy those. Yeah, he's making good his getaway. He's got his apartment booby trapped in case they do kill him and the cops show up there. He's got a protective vest on and, you know, he's not going to commit suicide. He wants to get away. He wants to kill all these people and get away with it. Of course. That's what he wants to do. So anyway, he takes these spike strips and he says he had them just in case the police followed him so he would just lay them down and flatten their tires and put them on a commission. Yeah, good thinking. Yeah. Great thinking. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's Our, insanity, John. I'll tell you oh, what. Oh, yeah, sure. I mean, uh, you know, uh, this guy's, uh, you know... Uh, brilliantly uh, insane, if you will, you know. Absolutely. It kind of reminds me of the Unabomber, you know. Yeah, I mean, a little bit. Yep. The Unabomber, he reminds me a little bit of uh, the Unabomber. Hours before the shooting, he turns around and he mailed his notebook to his psychiatrist, the one he was seeing at the college. Right, right, yeah. Yeah. And supposedly, he called a crisis hotline. Now, see, this is stuff he's using as an insanity defense. Unfortunately, the call only lasted like 19 seconds or something, so somebody hung up. Whether, whether the crisis counselor <laughs> hung up on him or whether he hung up, um, but it was disconnected in 19 seconds. He said he wanted someone to talk him out of his plot, but the call was disconnected after 19 seconds. What happens if you call somebody, anybody, okay, <laughs> and I'm talking to our audience, and your call gets disconnected after 19 seconds? What do you do? You thought, I know what I would do. You recall it. You call him back. Exactly. Especially if you want to get talked out of murdering. Well, you would think, yeah, especially you know. for something like that. You know, I need some help. I'm not going to give up. <laughs> help me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I've got my, I'm calling for my appointment that I booby trapped. Right. You know, can you help me out here? I mean, oh. it's crazy. It I mean, it's just, crazy. just, just ludicrous. And this is his explanation. He's coming up with all this, right? And, you know, he was hoping somebody would talk him out, but the call was disconnected after 19 seconds. So that was his excuse. Hey, I tried. They hung up on me. Do we know? happened. The call was disconnected. So guess what? I went on my merry way to kill everybody. Do we know that if he he actually made that call, John? Is there any proof of that, or is this just speculation? Because I would, like, leave that as another, you know, another uh, clue as that he tried you know, in his thinking, but I don't know if we even have proof of that call. You know, to say yeah, I did we, call, uh, there's proof, but uh, it got disconnected, so I went and killed, the, you know, all these people. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, I really, I really wanted help. You know, yeah, I really right. wanted help. You know, I mean, I mean, I was, I, it was a plea for help. That is a plea for help after he bought all this ammo, exactly. at the house, you know, ha- bought all these smoke grenades, right. you know, bought all these weapons. I mean, put his makeup on. on. Yeah, this no. guy, this guy's really, 
this guy is really, really just really angry. He was just an angry, angry man who wanted to take it out on society. And there's no way anybody's going to convince me that this guy thought about, knew about, or believed that there would not be any children in that theater. In fact, yeah. I think out of some of the people that were wounded or even killed, they were younger. This guy didn't care who was in that theater. No, he, he could care less, to, John. He was, light and light, he was going to light that place up, you know, and, and, and that's what you get, society, because I'm suffering all these woes. It's your fault. I'm not responsible for my actions. I'm not responsible for alienating myself. It's all your fault. Like I I, I understand, like I discussed in social side, he is on the the uh, the top of the food chain when it comes to narcissists. Okay, you know, there's different levels of narcissists in this world, and uh, this guy is at the very top. Somebody that would go out and kill and not care who it was that he was killing. You know, is extreme narcissist, psychopath, killer. So, and he blaming, right? Blaming, blaming, blaming. I'm going to get what I want. I'm going to compete with Batman. I am going to light this place up like fireworks on the 4th of July because I'm pissed off. You know what, buddy? Sit and rot. These poor people, you know, and that's where our hearts go out to them. For what? For what? For what? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, um, you know, I mean, uh, his narcissism um, is just is just all over the place here. If if you look and you read and you keep a focus on him, you know, it's all over the place. You can see it kind of anywhere you look. And uh, I don't know if he was the prodigal son or not in his family, but I will tell you what uh, he became the demon child. Very quickly here. You know, like I said in the beginning, the vast, vast majority of mass murderers kill themselves. Yes. Yep. That was the big difference with this guy. That he's sitting sitting in a courtroom. Had no intention of killing himself. No. Because it's better to be famous, or I'm sorry, infamous. It's better to be infamous and go down in history. And be known for something than to be known for nothing. And, 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 you know, the cost of his fame didn't matter how many bodies it added up to. And therein lies the real tragedy. You know, this guy, you know, nobody's going to feel bad for him when he had every clue as to what he was doing. And these poor people now, their families are, Ruined their lives, destroyed and lost for nothing, really for nothing, and that's that's the hard the part that is very hard to wrap anybody. There's no reason for this, and justice will prevail, and has prevailed. You know, um, what else do you see there mentally? I mean, is there something I'm missing, Leo? Because I'm I'm you know I'm looking at the crime. I'm, I'm thinking about your book. I'm thinking about social side. I'm thinking about what the heck is coming in the future if this is what we're seeing now, you know. Um, and 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 uh, your book, in a way, is um, like uh, 
you know, uh, a prophet. It's a prophecy. It's a prophecy of, uh, you know, this seems to be coming true. And it's, uh, it's very concerning to me because we never heard about stuff like this. No, I mean, we this didn't. is just, no. this is just completely, you know, off the walls. But when you look at any of this stuff mentally, does any of it make sense to you? Like, you know, we're talking about the agitated depression. We're talking about the anxiety. But yet he's calm, Leo, when the police confront him. Well, John, I'm going to tell you real quick because we don't have much time. Okay. But you're right. And in, in my book and social side, what, what's happening is life is, dispo- is becoming cheap and disposable to the new generation that's coming in. The care and concern and empathy for other people is less and less and less as time goes on. This is just another product of, of a narcissistic kid or young man who was brought up in a world where he probably didn't get what he wanted or what he needed, probably got trophies at every game he played in, you know, and wanted what he wanted and could care less about people. That, you know, in essence, we're losing our soul in this country and we're losing our sense of responsibility and care for each other and ourselves Nothing matters as much as me, me, me these days. And that's where I have to leave it right now because we have to, we have to go. But it's a sad situation. I certainly want to talk more about this. And we didn't get to the, the killing in Chattanooga this week and we'll get to that next time. But our hearts and our prayers go out to those five Marines and one Navy, uh, uh, military person who were killed and for another no good reason. And uh, it's just a very sad situation. So we see more social side there too, John. And yeah, uh, and we got we got a lot on that for next week, and yeah. more breaking. We got more breaking news. So we'll be back then. Our, and again, our prayers to those who were lost in Chattanooga. We'll cover that monster next week. Thanks for sticking around, guys. We appreciate it. And our prayers to the Aurora victims. Exactly. Thank you, folks. Be safe.